behind the scene work, these faithful language experts laid the foundation for Bible translation. And these incredible linguists are now retired. They're waiting eagerly to see that their vision bear fruit. And as a side note, their grandkids attend school with my kids in Ethiopia now. Anyway, in 1991, the communist regime of Ethiopia fell, and the current era of democracy began. And it was then in the mid-90s that an official full-time Bible translation project began. The linguistic foundation had been laid, and the language was on its way to gaining sustainable literacy, and mother tongue translators were hired to do the Bible translation work. Soon after, some portions of Genesis were translated, printed, and distributed, and these were very popular, as anything in your own mother tongue is a novelty. What? What is this thing? Well, my, this is my language. And so people read Genesis and stories from Genesis quite a bit years ago. Okay, so let's pause, time out, on the story of the Hajjah and relate what happened so far to this first sermon point. So can you see how the people loved these people? Some would say they're enemies in a supernatural and very intentional way. They had a goal to love these people by ensuring that they could hear in their own language the story about God's love for the world. The world and situations had changed throughout the journey, but their love was intentional and ongoing. They were planned, they strategized, and they adapted to the environment around them. And this makes me think of Paul's missionary journeys. He made a plan to love unreached groups. He was very dedicated and he would go. He made plans to travel all over the world at that time, the Mediterranean area. And he adapted his planes, though, when the Spirit, when God's Spirit led him in different ways. But he was always very organized and planned in his activities. So we need to ask, are we like that? Uh, do we decide cognitively to love those around us? Do we pray for our neighbors? Now, of course, I'm not saying to be inauthentic or shallow or see people as mere projects or trophies. Uh, so often nowadays we hear, okay, a Muslim came to Lord. That's a, some big trophy. It's a person just like the people that are your neighbors. Uh, we need to build real relationships and listen to people where they're at. We must see where they're at and then embrace them there. So, okay, I think we got the point. You just can't live on autopilot. We need to be very intentional. Point number two. The second way we are to be different from the world is that we love our enemies, do good, and give generously by being immovable. We as Christ's disciples, disciples must live immovable lives. And I don't mean block-headed. We know those kind of people. Or close-minded. I do mean that we need to live consistent lives despite the trials around us. And not be hypocritical. And I love the book of Hebrews. It's one of my favorite. The whole point of the book of Hebrews is to be immovable. We need to hang on to our faith and the author, author of Hebrews builds a very in-depth case throughout that book to support his main point that no matter what trials occur, in that context it, it meant persecution under the Romans, but you need to stand firm 
in your faith. And as Pastor Steve said two weeks ago, show the world how a child of God reacts to adversity in life. We need to show the world how a Christian should act in this world. Okay, time in. Back to the story of the Hajat. So unfortunately, translating the Bible among an unreached people who generally are not excited about any Christian work going on among their own people, um, people who we may often think of antagonistic or our enemies, that creates its own set of challenges. This project was initially sensitive as it was conducted very unofficially under the communist regime, but also all along it has been sensitive as it is a majority Muslim people. And there has been persecution against anyone from this group who converts to Christianity. Was it always violent persecution? No. But becoming a Christian immediately stigmatizes you and your family. It is often easier for your family to just say that you are dead to them and to cast you out than for you to continue bringing shame upon your family. The secrecy associated with this sensitive work takes its toll on mother tongue translators. Uh, There is this daily fear of being found out by your extended family and community. Therefore, the translation team nowadays doesn't even work in the physical language community area but in a nearby regional town that has no less than seven other mother tongues spoken there. And there's also the persecution that could occur if your secret employment is discovered. As a result, uh, between the mid-90s and today, there have been no fewer than nine mother tongue translators, almost all of them being Muslim background believers. And in 2013, when my journey began with the Hajat, I became the fifth translation advisor to work with them. It was a revolving door. So what kept the work going despite the turnover and despite these pressures? And the answer is simple. The vision of the Ethiopian church and the passion of a small community of Muslim background believers. It was the church who had the vision to keep the work going for the sake of reaching the unreached within their own country. And the converted Hajat people knew that their own people needed to hear Jesus' story in their own language. And they had sacrificed their own comforts, and they knew it would, but they knew it would be worthwhile eternally. They were immovable. So, our strongest partners in Ethiopia today are the various denominations of the Ethiopian church and also the Bible Society of Ethiopia. And as a matter of fact, we made the strategic decision in 2012 that we, as an organization, would not lead any translation projects in Ethiopia. So we handed over translation project work to the Ethiopian denominations and to the Bible Society. And we became a technical advisory organization there in Ethiopia. We were training, we're advising, we're consulting, and we're walking with the church to see that their Bible translation projects accomplish what they want them to, and namely, to become the authoritative scripture for minority language communities and that people are transformed by the word of God. And now, the two largest denominations in Ethiopia now have translation departments that oversee translation projects. And I have the honor of weekly meeting with these folks who are running these translation projects. So from 2013 to 2016, I served as a translation advisor for the current Hajat Mother Tongue translation team. And these are amazing 
brothers in Christ, two of whom are Muslim background believers. So at this point, I will just say, please don't take any pictures of the slides. I don't want any of this to get onto social media or whatever. Uh, but at the end of March, just two months ago, Kara and I attended a celebration, and we finally dedicated the audio Hajat New Testament, and there was, uh, and it was distributed as a talking Bible. After all these years, the New Testament is finally complete, and just this past Monday, six days ago, I learned that the manuscript check has been completed with Bible Society, and now the typesetting will begin for the printed version. Uh, praise the Lord. So this is a picture of what a talking Bible device looks like. It looks like a Bible. You can't tell in this picture, but it is painted green with gold trim so that it looks like a culturally acceptable holy book for that culture. And a friend at Talking Bibles was so excited to tell me how he painstakingly painted them gold with uh, green with gold trim. Because usually they, 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 print the, they have the device plastic that's black with a big old cross on it, which no Muslim's going to pick up at all. That, that would turn them off completely, even before Jesus offends them with his own words. So um, it is a solar-powered device and has buttons for selecting the book, the chapter, and the verse. And they are... After that dedication ceremony, there was a big training for the church leaders and evangelists who attended uh, so that they could learn how to use this device in community listening groups, in discovery Bible studies, or for any interested folk. And despite the prestige and authority of the printed word, the audio version is very much valued as there is still widespread illiteracy among the Hajat people. And the majority of people are focused on subsistence agriculture. What do they need to read for, is their thought. Some more Hajat speakers than ever are attending school, but there's still a lot of, a lot of literacy work going on. So one of the services we provide from our partners in Ethiopia is to record the audio portions of Scripture or full New Testaments or Old Testaments or Jesus film audio or recording the audio for these Lumo videos. But that's what one of the services we do for our partners there in Ethiopia. And several months ago, the Hajat New Testament was recorded, and an Android phone app was also created, uh, which is a text app that you hit play, and it looks like karaoke as it highlights the verses as it reads along. And it's a great literacy tool. So, can you see this thread of what it means for Christians to live immovable lives. Yes, the project kept going despite these many tri trials. But again, as Pastor Steve says, will your enemies bring out the best in you? And I can honestly say that being persecuted has brought out the best in the translators that I work with. Their dedication, their dependence on the Spirit is mind-blowing to me. Uh, they are motivated by a completely changed heart. And, and if not, there is no way they would risk their lives to do what they do every day. So, my final point for this sermon, which is by far the longest point, uh, is that Christians need to live as Christ followers by being intense. 
And are we laid back forgetting the mission of God for the nations, for our neighbors? Or do people see that we actually care because we keep working hard and don't give up? Now, during this dedication ceremony for the Hajjat, I had the honor of addressing the guests. And I shared a story that was familiar to many of the people in that church right there. Because several years ago, after scripture portions were drafted, and then we had them checked, we would call together a team from all areas of the language community, most of them were here in this picture, to conduct what we call a review committee check. And the point was not to argue theological concepts, but to ensure that the translation that we were working on sounded natural and was grammatically acceptable. We were, the goal, what we were seeking to have was a text that sounds like a Hajat mother tongue speaker was the author of the Bible. That's how natural we want the text to sound. So every morning before the checking session, we would have a time of Bible study, of prayer, and also of singing. Well, one day, after we sang yet another Amharic song, one of the reviewers came up to me and said, you know, Rob, I write Hajat praise songs. I'm like, brother, why didn't you tell me? Tomorrow you're going to teach us these songs. So the next morning, we sang another Amharic song at the beginning, and the volume was maybe here. But then when he taught them these Hajat songs, the volume just poo right through the roof. And it was so encouraging just to see this stark value that people have in their own mother tongue. When they're praying to God in their mother tongue, when they're singing in their mother tongue, it makes a huge difference in their heart. So... Here is a picture of them singing during the celebration, again, singing their hearts out in the Hajat language, praising the Lord for his gift of his word now in their own language available. And as I mentioned earlier, the dedication ceremony was attended by church leaders and evangelists from all over the language community area. Some are evangelists and some are new pastors of near tribe churches in regional towns. Some are even government workers. We had a cop, we had a judge, all mother tongue Muslim background believers of the, among the Hajjah. So after the talking Bibles were unpackaged, there was, they were prayed over and dedicated for use. And so one delegate from each denomination came to the front and prayed over these talking Bible devices. And as I listened to the prayers, I noticed, you know what? They're still praying in Amharic, not their own mother tongue. So during the prayer, I went to the leader and I just whispered in his ear. I said, hey, maybe, maybe have the next guy who goes up to dedicate, have him pray in Haja. Okay, so the, before the next guy came up, uh, the leader of the ceremony mentioned that uh, he should pray in Haja. And he did. And the world knew he was. I don't know if he was motivated by my story about mother tongue singing, but he all of a sudden was belting out this prayer in his own mother tongue language. And so much so that I was actually a little bit nervous. Uh, because anyone walking by this sensitive church activity would immediately know what language we were operating in. Uh, so much for this low-key ceremony. So that is, of course, a good lesson for outsiders like me, that this is their work 
and this is their ministry in Ethiopia. Uh, they will not always conform to operating how, how this clueless Canadian wants things to be done. Uh, and it's, it's also worth mentioning that it's these folks here, it's these church leaders who are the ones that are the most excited about the New Testament being made available. Uh, from the beginning of my work with the Hajat, I have often been asked by evangelists and parachurch ministries working among the Hajat, Rob, when is the New Testament going to be done? We need it. There's this incredible hunger. And uh, I keep having to tell them, just got to wait, just got to wait. In the meantime, I did email passages that they were asking for for these discovery Bible studies, but I just had to keep telling them, listen, this isn't in final form. Some of the words might change, so don't like spread it out. Just you know, work with it and have patience. It's coming. And uh, I just had to keep stressing that this work is coming to fruition and fruition soon. Never as soon as you want. There's always setbacks, but it's coming. The audio is available. And I know uh, several of you here have been praying specifically for the Hajat people, for the project that we've been working with, and we thank you. Kara, my wife, also had the chance to attend the dedication, and we definitely made sure we had child care that day so she could take part. Yeah. Uh, and as with all people involved in this kind of work, the whole family is invested. And so, where's my honey? Is she here? She must be with the kids. Hey, honey, I'm talking to you now. Thanks again for your partnership and being willing to come with me. This is our ministry together. I'm so thankful for, for the work you do. So over the past five years or so, there has been an incredible shift among the Hajat people. Many are turning to Jesus and putting their faith in him. The church and these other ministries I was talking about have seen a great increase in hunger for knowing Jesus as God, not just a prophet. And there's been many late night secretive baptisms. I don't know if that's the point or not, but they've been baptized, making their pledge to follow after Jesus. And there's been a lot of discovery Bible studies going on behind closed doors. And have all of these new believers of Jesus left the comfort of their family and culture and religious system? No. Sometimes counting the cost of your faith takes time and some serious, serious discipleship. The translators know the seriousness of the impact of these new audio Bible devices being out now in the community. The translators at the ceremony explained very clearly to the church leaders and evangelists to be very careful and not tell anyone where these devices came from because they want to finish the Old Testament too. And really, who am I to tell these people that they need to deny themselves and tell everyone they know about Jesus knowing that it will totally jeopardize their safety? They are on a journey with God themselves and it is their choice and it's through their relationship with Jesus as disciples that their faith will increase in boldness. But that's between them and the Lord and not between them and Rob the Canadian. And many of the people in this room, right here, have made that move and they know the cost. Well, the previous picture. But they became 
matured in Christ, and they became immovable, and they are now living with zeal for him. They're living an intense, intentional Christian life. So now, as we look to the future among the Hajat, sometime after this summer, the New Testament will finally be printed, and then another larger dedication will take place for the book. And it will definitely be a bigger deal, as in the culture which has been influenced by Islam, highly respects the printed word, even if you cannot read it. And the translation team is now investing their time in translating the Taurat, which is the Arabic name of the holy books of Moses, which we would call the Torah or the Pentateuch. Uh, the church has hired a new translator, that makes 10 now, as one of the current translators will be retiring this coming year. Also, one of the translators is in an internship program learning to be a translation advisor for other translation projects in Ethiopia. And I have the honor of being his mentor for that process. And of course, I am still in touch with the European linguists who started this work back in the 70s. They're, very, they're obviously very excited to see the New Testament now finally being released and used. Depending on their health, uh, they do plan to come for the New Testament dedication. But ultimately, they realize that what's important is that it be distributed and actually read and used, not that their own legacy be recognized. Ethiopia's history has been and is being guided by God. Uh, now is a golden time of harvest among the Hajat people, and the people are hearing but this is just the story of the Hajat. Over the last six months, I have been to three other Bible dedications, New Testament dedications in Ethiopia. And uh, you can see in this picture, the bottom left is the Hajat dedication. There is also the, the Shekacho Bible dedication just uh, less than a month ago. And then there's the Darashe, which was about four months ago, and the Hamtanga, which was about a month and a half ago, and then, of course, the Hajat. And God's at work doing incredible things through his printed, his audio, his video word. And it's a bit of a golden season in Ethiopia right now for Bible translation. So please, brothers and sisters, continue to pray as we don't know what kind of backlash the culture among the Hajat will experience as now the audio scripture is available and scripture in print form will be made available very soon uh, in less than a year. But despite whatever happens, people are now hearing and reading God's word and it's transforming people. So again, Karen, I want to thank you, White Rock Community Church, for your support of this work. And as review, we as disciples need to live by being intentional, by being immovable, now you know what that means, and by being intense. And I hope that this story of the Hajat has encouraged you in two ways. Number one, we thank you for your involvement in the work that's going on a, a world away. And we can't all go and interact with the same people, but you have been a big part of these activities through your very intentional praying and giving to us and the, to this work. And number two, 
I hope that this message today has encouraged you to do a little bit of a self-evaluation. As you go for this walk outside those doors, as Steve has encouraged you to do today, I want you to think about your own life as a disciple. Are we living intentional, immovable, and unshakable lives despite what the world's pressures are putting on around us? Are we living with gusto, intensity? Our neighbors don't need us to just go with the flow. They need authentic, caring, authentic, listening friends. So why do Christians do hard things? Because we're motivated by a changed heart. We have a change in perspective and a changed attitude. We're supposed to be living vibrant Christian lives. So as I close, I just want to remind you, if you have any questions, come and visit me at the back. Uh, I don't want to steal anyone from your congregational meeting, but I'm sure Steve wouldn't be too disappointed. But uh, Anyway, thank you, Steve, for having me here again. I invite the... Should I invite the team up here? I don't know. I don't know the process right now. But. Anyway, thank you again. <laughs>